Hello, Paragold Podcasters. Today is an exciting day. And why is it an exciting day, Bill? Because we are giving away our first gift card to our awesome email subscribers. That's right. And it's not just a gift card to anywhere. It's a gift card to the one and only Skinny Jays right here in downtown Paragold. If you caught the episode with Max Bishop, he says that Skinny Jays has the best steaks in the world. And he's been everywhere. And he's been everywhere with his mules, man. He goes all over. So um, we are randomly, or we've already randomly selected one person to um, win this gift card. And Bill, um, you have the name. Do you want me to say it or do you want to say it? Uh, you go ahead. Okay. So it looks like the winner of the $80 gift card to Skinny Jays is Garrett Stovall. Congratulations, Garrett. Um, we will be emailing you soon and we'll let you know how you can come and grab your gift card. Now on to the podcast. Welcome to the Paragold Podcast. This is Jared Pickney, and I am joined, as always, by our producer, Bill Jeffrey, who is working behind the scenes. And I am also joined today by Jimmy Lou Fisher, who is not only a Paragold native, but is also the longest-serving state treasurer in Arkansas history. She was appointed by Governor Bill Clinton to be the auditor of the state, and eventually she would go on to run as governor against Mike Huckabee. Actually, it was a race that despite all odds being stacked against her, um, she nearly won. And so Jimmy Lou has won many distinguished awards and honors throughout her career. And today she joins us from our home at Chateau in the Ridge here in Paragould. And so Jimmy Lou, thanks so much for coming on. Well, it's my pleasure. You've done your homework. I didn't know you knew that much about me. <laughs> well, it's a lot easier when you have your own Wikipedia page. And so that's <laughs> yeah, I actually um, was doing some research just yesterday, kind of prepping for this, and um, I also came across your debate against Mike Huckabee on, on C-SPAN, so I got to find all sorts of uh, fun oh, stuff. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I won't, I, I won't, <laughs> I want that deleted, I'll tell you. No, no, that, that was a very uh, good learning experience, and... Uh, if you're wise, you'll take all of those experiences and you'll learn something from them. And um, that's what I did. I know what the internet says about Jimmy Lou Fisher, but I'm curious, in your own words, um, who would you say Jimmy Lou Fisher is? Jimmy Lou Fisher is a little old girl from Della Plaine, Arkansas. I've told people I'm from Fairwood, but I'm, I started out in, in uh Delaplane. That's where I went to school uh, my early years. And God has blessed me. I seem to have gotten in the right place at the right time for a lot of opportunities I've had, particularly, I mean, in, in, in all my life. I'm not saying I've made a lot of money or, or have had an easy life, but uh, I really got in politics. Uh, in 1970, uh, and uh, before that, I had uh, was going to Arkansas State College, and but I've lived lived in this area for a long time. It, I consider it home. And uh, in 1970, when I was uh, was working for an insurance and accounting small. Uh, business accounting firm, I, I was working my way through college. And, you know, at that time, you had, well, even now, you have to work nights and days and 
and uh, work and, and uh, study. And I was doing all of that in my early 20s. And um, I had made a remark about like, the county government at the time. Uh, and I said, well, anybody could do that, talking about the job of county treasurer. And one of the uh, members of our firm was uh, State Senator Burl Thompson. And they heard me say that. And one thing led to the other. He talked to me about it. I talked to my husband at the time about it. And it just felt like the thing to do. So I was known. That was back before women wore wore pantsuits. That was before the pantsuit era. But I had to wear uh, dresses. So I was out um, climbing fences, literally climbing fences and, and talking to farmers and and uh, th- there's a lot of stories about my campaign is going around. Some of them I think you should hear, and some of them you probably shouldn't. But, it's just, <laughs> <they're>, <laughs> uh, but I did do a lot of, uh, oh, well, just a lot of down uh, uh, one-on-one campaign. That's what you had to do it in Green County at the time. That's before we had social media and other things. That, that candidates have today. Now, nothing can take the place of one-on-one, you know, the face-to-face. But um, it, it was a different time back then. But it, it uh, opened a door for me, and it was the beginning of my political life. And it was just one of those things. I said something, and somebody heard me. And they put me, they'd had enough faith in me to uh, put me in contact with the right folks, and here I went. What were you planning to do before you fell into politics? I was studying uh, science and math. I wanted to be an eighth-grade biology teacher. Can you imagine an eighth-grade biology teacher? Junior high, I can't imagine. I can't imagine me doing that now, but. The legislature about like an eighth grade class <laughs> sometimes when I was down there. And uh, did I God put me in a lot of good places and, and got me in contact with a lot of good friends. I've made more friends here in Greene County than I ever thought. Uh, I can't couldn't list them. There are people that I don't even really know well that are cordial uh, acquaintances that have been very supportive of me and have met, helped me make my 22 years as uh, state treasurer uh, successful. Mm. Mm. Well, tell me about your <laughs> tell me about your climb to the governor's race. Like not just anybody does that, right? And so and not only did you run but you ran a very close race against an incredibly popular Mike Huckabee, who, from what I read, I mean, there were some that were saying nobody had a chance of beating him, and yet you came really close. Well, um, I came close, and uh, I had uh, been around some pretty neat people, and I'd learned a lot from uh, Bill Clinton. I met him in 74, so I made, 
maintain contact with him. As you said, I was, was appointed auditor by him back in um, 78. Uh, I, came, I came down to help him run his campaign for governor, and that was in the, I did the first district. I was coordinator for that. And that was when, I guess I've done it ever. I've campaigned every way that you possibly can. Uh, when we were doing Bill Clinton's campaign, everything was typewritten. It was, we were typing and we had carbon paper and all that stuff. And uh, all of our uh, uh, information for all the folks uh, in Arkansas were written on three by five cards. You remember what those are? Oh, uh, vaguely, sure. vaguely. Yeah, kids today, and and a lot of us here at the Chateau are uh, uh, knowledgeable of our iPhone and our I- iPads, and and can uh, drive the internet. You know, drive the, the uh, information highway. But it it's changed quite a bit from the time I met him and. And uh, he's a very good friend of mine, by the way. And I didn't go to D.C. Uh, he asked if I wanted to go to D.C. with him when he was elected president. And uh, what do you, what do you mean by that? No. When you say he wanted you to go to D.C. Well, he just—he never told me what. He just said, "Do you want to go to D.C.?" But the day before he was leaving to go to to Washington. And I said, "Well, I'm I'm going to go leaving the bar." And he said, "Oh, that's what not what I mean. Do you want to come and stay?" And I, I said, "No. Somebody needs to stay and take care of business in Arkansas." Well, <laughs> then I got involved in the uh, fast forward a few years, and I got involved in the governor's race, and I learned a lot in that. Uh, we again, we had the the support of a lot of people around the state. I had a lot of friends that got out and literally walked the street for me. And uh, uh, it's hard to, uh, it's really hard thinking about it now, just really how fortunate I was because we, we I didn't get into the race until the last minute the last day you could register. And that was a mistake. And I, I didn't know I was going to run until uh, the last day because we, the party needed somebody to run or we'd lose our place on the ballot. There was something about major party. You know, you had to be a major party to, to keep your status uh, as a major party on the, on the ticket. So I was at, they asked me if I would, if I'd want to run. And uh, at the time, it it sounded good. Um, my my family was displeased. <laughs> no, they really weren't. My sister uh, Polly said, "None." She said, "I'm going to kill you." But she was one of my biggest supporters. She got in there and, and helped me run. But we did a lot of things. I learned a lot about in that race. I let other people make some decisions for me that I should not have done. I should always trust your instinct. 
your instinct is better than anybody, any any campaign coordinator, campaign consultant that you can buy. You you know, trust your own. Uh, go with your own gut. Lead with your strength. And uh, um, that was some mistake I made, but just yeah. getting in late. What were those? But, what were those things as you look back that you're like, ah, oh, like I wish I would have paid attention to my gut and and really focused on this strength. Are there any things that come to mind when you say that? <laughs> well, one of them is I borrowed two hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars at the end of the race to buy some media, and I ended up with that much debt. I had to pay it off, so I had to work extra hard to do that, and. My family has always been, you know, very frugal and not going into debt for things. Um, it, it, you know, not out of, of course, everybody, you know, buys a car on debt and has a mortgage. And I'm talking about um, just spending that to spend for spend sake, you know. Um, but we took care of our money very well. And that's one thing I would not have done because we were raising money very well. We, we were, I can't remember how much we raised, but it was a, a record there too with that amount of money we raised. And I had, at the, at the last um, three weeks before the end of the campaign, I hurt my back really badly. And I had to slow down a little bit, but I kept on the campaign trail. We kept doing uh, bus trips. I loved that. I love campaigning. If you, if you can't tell, I love the campaign. I love the shaking hands and meeting people and and getting around with folks. I hate making speeches. I hate talking to the press. <laughs> I hate, you know, I'm I'm insecure. I will say that I'm insecure basically when it comes to that. But I do like this um, with folks, and we got around all over the state, and and just met. I would say we met every, uh, I mean, half of the two million people that just here in the state. We uh, did a good job of that. Yeah, well, you're very personable. Just from the the debate that I saw you in with Huckabee, and then just getting a chance to talk with you a couple times between. Um, you know, when we first talked and now. And so, yeah, yeah, I can I can see why you would like the campaign trail. When you're in office, you do things to, uh, I, do things, I did things that I enjoyed. Like, for instance, when uh, school children would invite me to come speak to their class, I brought them a little token, a little, it was imitation dollar, you know, uh, with the seal on it. And when they came to see me, I would take them into the vault and let them hold, oh, half a million dollars, something like that, and get their picture made. And that was long before we had digital cameras and how easy it is now to get your picture and get get the, get the uh, uh, picture back to the person that was uh, there with you. But... Uh, we did a lot of that, and I loved, I enjoyed doing that. I enjoyed going around the state talking about my my job and how 
it was a pretty big business. I mean, I remember when we, <laughs> small business now, but it was just about when we reached $2, two million, $2 billion, with a B, $2 billion of uh, deposit. And now it's probably, I can't even imagine. But um, anyway, well, I could talk all of, all afternoon about the office because I ha- I really had fun. If anybody uh, loved their job, it was me when I was the state treasurer. I thoroughly enjoyed that, and a lot of the success that we had was due to a good staff, and some of them were from Terrible. And I tell them <laughs> it's uh, uh, Stephanie uh, Stephanie Noble. And Melissa Thompson, they were going. They were working for me when their husbands were going to a medical school. And I told them I better have a doctor when I come back to Paragol. So now I've got two good doctors taking good care of me, and I'm glad they came back to Paragol. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so you said that you were um, friends with with Bill Clinton. And are you, did you, did you stay in touch with him or eventually did y'all kind of part ways after you decided to stay in Arkansas rather than go to DC? No, we, we, we stay, uh, in contact. In fact, the day I moved into the Chateau, he called me, he thought there was something wrong, you know, something that, something that I'd gotten really bad. And I said, Oh no. He said, am I going to have to come to Carol <laughs> to see you? He said, you've been trying to get me. I've been trying to get him to Paragol ever since he came to Little Rock as governor. And uh, and I've, I've talked to him about a year ago when he was at ASU for a lecture series. And uh, about a year and a half before that, uh, I ran into him. And, and I get a birthday card from him every year. I mean, yeah, birthday note. He always writes a little something on the bottom. And... Uh, I've never really called him for anything, but I know he'd be there. Uh, he's in, he's in different circles now, and and in New York, so his his interests are are different now than they were sure. when he was holding office. But he's he's always been very loyal to his friends, though um, the ones that uh, there's three or four. That really helped him. Uh, we call it, you know, do you know how we're talking about when we say the kitchen cabinet? Those are the three or four or five people that you talk to mm-hmm. when you got something you really want to keep a secret or not necessarily a secret, but something that you are troubled about that you need to talk to them about or some happy news. Maybe news about you want to run for a different office. I got to ride in the limo one time, and um, remember when everybody was afraid of the uh, um, uh, change in year from uh, oh, the yeah. Y2K. The Y2K. Y2K. And that happens to be my birthday. I'm born on December 31st. And uh, that was a big deal in Washington. They had to, oh, a big deal. Uh, had all, all these famous people out at the uh, Lincoln Memorial and everywhere. Um, 
And I have an invitation here that he sent me, and I went, and it was wonderful. And when they had, uh, after it was over, we all had a nice little after party at the at the White House. And I, at that time, I went up to Hillary and I said, thank you for putting on such a good birthday party. <laughs> and she said, is your birthday? And I said, of course it is. <laughs> anyway, we, it, was, it, it was fun. Uh, I've not been as close to her. I'm closer to him. Mm-hmm. Um, having met him in 74, and he started out as a good friend then. He was running for Congress, and he got beat. And then when he ran for AG right after that, the Attorney General, he kept in contact with me with the notes. And, you know, he'd call me and it helped me with different stuff. We were talking about party politics at mm-hmm. that time, which is a lot different these days than it ever was back, back then. But it, those were, as we say, the good old days. I don't, yeah. don't want to go back to those old days. Yeah. <laughs> There's too much pressure, but there sure was a lot of fun. And, and I could, you know, expound on any of that. I could talk all day about that one trip to Washington. But most people from Arkansas went to all the inaugural and and um, when, you, when your friend is the president of the United States, it's pretty neat. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would say so. There's not very many people that can say that. <laughs> pretty neat. And uh, uh, you can get folks, you know, tours of the White House. And and I spent the night there. I, I didn't spend the night in that. I've never spent the night in the... Lincoln bedroom, my sister has, but uh, I, I slept in the queen's bedroom, and then one time I slept on another level, just down the hall from where Chelsea was spending, spending her time as a teenager. So, I digress. You're going to have to keep no. on. <laughs> no, this is exactly, you know, you're talking about... You're talking about Bill Clinton and just, I was thinking the way that he treated his friends and I had always heard, and I did, I don't know if it's true, but it sounds like it probably is that he had this photographic memory to where he could meet a person oh. and remember their name like two yes. years later. Yes. I had a friend from Paraguay. Her name is, um, uh, McMurray, um, Anyway, they had the very uh, office supply. And Linda, she had met him at my place in Little Rock. And then a few months later, maybe, I don't know if it was a year, but anyway, several months later, she was visiting her sister in Hawaii. She was completely out of contact. He couldn't remember. But he called her. Linda said, Linda, what are you doing here? And that blew her over. And so she's a good, she can testify to fact what good memory he has. He, he usually reads two books at a time. At a minimum, he's carrying two books, plus that, the, the stuff he has to read for um, his office, whichever one it's. 
kids back then. Back then, it was governor, but he's always and he too had good staff. I knew his secretary, his personal secretary, very well, and his chief of staff, um, Mac McCarty, uh, was a wonderful guy. Still is in in uh, Rock, and uh, he did him very well. And Mac uh, kept things on on track, kept the kept the boat afloat, as as it were even because they were get this. He was in. He was in kindergarten together hmm. back in Hope, and they kept in contact. Wow. He had such a, an array of uh, contacts. Here again, I'm telling you, they, are on, they were on three-by-five cars. It wasn't as easy as it is now. You know, pull some up in your contact. Oh, sure. Front print or front spin in the mail, you weren't put out a mailing, uh, you had to actually go look them up, physically take it out and type up the the invitations it were and uh, he was uh, I was on his transition staff and he asked for a certain person's name that they'd be put on the invitation list and uh, I said he was that and he said it was another friend of his from Hope. So anybody, it's easier now for people that you meet to take their name and address and, you know, easy way to contact them or stay in contact. You didn't have to write notes like you did, which I think when I get a handwritten note from somebody, I know they really care about me. Don't you feel that way? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's one thing that I heard about with Bill Clinton was just that there could be a lot of people in the room. And even if you were, you know, even if he didn't know you, he would talk to you and you'd feel like you were the most important person in the room. Absolutely. And before he left, we we go to several Chamber of Commerce dinners. And of course, he's been terrible many times. But when we go to a place, he never left without going through the kitchen and talking to the cooks. And and he and those those women and men would vote for him for anything because he went to see them, wow. you know, and uh, he remembered who they were. Wow, he remembered the next time he saw them, who they were, and whether they were from when or wherever. Is that just because he valued people so much, or do you think it was just he was born with that ability, or it was both? Okay. He had that. Uh, photographic memory mm-hmm. and that makes it easy when you can you know when you hear somebody's name you can remember it or if you write it down you're going to remember it but he had that plus he was born and he uh he was born with it and he was raised uh a lot of his young life was raised around his uh grandmother and grandfather and his grandmother did a, a lot uh, to get him ahead before he started school. You know, like kids today, the one, you can tell the ones that the parents spent some time with them, but his his grandmother and grandfather spent a lot of time with him, you know, giving him a boost up when he was four and five years old. That always helped. Oh, for sure. Well, let me ask you this. Do you... 
I want to know if you still keep up with politics today. And the reason I ask that is because I'm just curious, are things crazier now than they once were, or does it just seem that way because of social media? Oh, yes, it's crazier than ever. You know, so I had to take a deep breath on that. It's so different. And, of course, it's been so many years since I, I keep, can't imagine. I've been gone since 2002. And um, things are so different. And we were just, you know, beginning to get into social media, et cetera. Uh, well, we'll, we'll and I, I had a BlackBerry, and I thought I was huh, high-stepping because I had a BlackBerry, and, and nobody else did <laughs> right after uh, about 2002, 2003. But when I was uh, first introduced to Little Rock, I had a real good friend from Paragool, Mac Thompson. I don't know if you had the privilege of knowing Mac Thompson. He was the legislator from here. And he took me under his wing. And he'd been uh, the captain or the head of the, uh, head of the state police at one time. No, I mean, he wasn't the head of it, but he was in state police. And the legislator, the legislative body, they had it was a they had a system. If you said you're gonna do something, your word was your bond. It's not that way now. But Mag Thompson introduced me to a lot of the folks that I would never have gotten to know if I hadn't had him. But he took me under his wing, introduced me to all these folks and told me, Don't ever lie to a legislator. Just believe me, it will come back to you. And these are the folks you do not want to even, you know, hedge a little bit. Don't, if, you know, you better be uh, upright with them. And I learned that early on, and I didn't, I never had any problem with them. And um, so I got along with the legislature very well. And, and when you're a constitutional officer, you have to, you know, I, the, Treasurer was elected just like the governor and like the attorney general and and a few other offices and secretary of state and auditor and and uh, old land commissioner and um, but having been elected and he scared me to death <laughs> I guess would have got down there because I didn't know any of these people. I mean, I knew them by reputation, but I did not know. And they've all got their own um, set of personalities. They've all got their strong suits. They've all got their interest, the certain groups that they're interested in. None of them were uh, lobbyists or anything like that back then. They were all uh, legislators. But uh, one might be, Mr. Say, for example, Mr. Odenatis from MENA. He was interested in education, so he did all the education legislation. And it, and uh, Mac Thompson was uh, state police, so anything that pertained to state police, Mac Thompson would take care of the legislation. I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but working or getting friends to help you, and that's what we did, 
and uh, Joe Biden talking about it, about reaching across the aisle. Mm-hmm. We were able we were able to do that in my stint in the, as as bank treasurer. We were able to do that because um, because of the reputation of my staff and and the reputation of that I, I would mislead them if they would you know call me about something I wouldn't wouldn't press it. Yeah. No, I wouldn't lie to them. Yeah. And I want to I want to talk about that some more because, you know, according to your Wikipedia page, which, by the way, gives you street cred among all the millennials immediately that you have a Wikipedia page. Um, you know, <laughs> you, it, it, it says that you describe yourself as a lifelong, diehard, yellow dog Democrat. Yet when I talk to people who know you, they say that you are widely respected by Republicans and Democrats alike. So like, my question is like, why do you think that is? And the reason I ask that is because, I mean, you're, you turn on the news today and it seems like Democrats and Republicans are at each other's throats, right? It's almost like every politician believes that if you don't believe like me, you're either an idiot or you're evil. And I just want to know, like, how were you able to gain the respect from those on both sides of the fence, like even those who disagreed with you? Like I said, you never lie to them. And it was easier then if for example, if I, I think if I went, would, had been asleep for about 50 years and woke up, I would not recognize the legislature mm. uh, or even Washington, mm. uh, which I know very little about that that politics. But even uh, our Arkansas politics, I think, uh, is so different uh, back then because we had a, a code of honor. Uh, I can't stress this enough about how well each one respected the other. And uh, almost, it's hard to say, some of the values that the Republican Party had back, say, when Abe Lincoln was president are now, I mean, they were the ones that the Republicans were leading the uh, uh, cause against slavery. Today, that would be the Democrats leading that. That would be the left leading the the charge against slavery. So things have kind of switched uh, in the last few years. That's, That's the best way I can tell you is just keeping contact with them Tell them what they what they need to know, and don't lie to them. And um, um, be truthful. Do what's right. Do what's right. That's what my father always told me: just do right, and you'll know what it is. Go as I told you in the beginning. You do go with your own instincts. Yeah, it almost seems like it's like that. Seems so basic like we all should know that right we're all taught that in grade school like do what's right treat others the way you want to be treated and it's you know the the problem with that it seems like in our country is there's no moral compass for right or wrong anymore it's like you know like hey you decide what's right for you you decide what's right for you you do what's best for you and um yeah i think that 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 it sounds really good um but in reality, when you have all these people who are just kind of trying to do what they think is right just for themselves, but nobody really knows what right is anymore, and the lines are kind of blurred. But you got to remember, back then, there 
were were more churches, and and there are fewer churches. Fewer people are going to church. There are so many young kids being raised today without a moral compass. Right, and the folks, like you say, do not have a moral compass. And uh, we've got to get that. That we've got to get that change. That was one of the things that that I admired uh, when when I was when I was elected treasurer. Bill Clinton was defeated by Frank White. Frank White and I started the prayer breakfast along with John Miller in the Capitol cafeteria when he was the governor. We go figure that. And we were great friends because of that. Wow. But they say <laughs> that politics makes strange bedfellows. Abraham Lincoln said it doesn't. Mary's does. So, <laughs> I'm quite, quoting Abraham Lincoln more than I am any of us <laughs> Democrats, aren't I? <laughs> you are. That's all right. I like Abraham Lincoln. Sometimes people tell me I look like Abraham Lincoln. So, you know. Oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah, really? That's, what I've, that's what I've been told. So, yeah. Tall and skinny with a beard. If you just, if you do right and they don't respect you for doing right, it's not going to help. Yeah. So you've got to, reach some common ground and how you do that today I don't know because I pray every night for our leaders both Trump and now Biden mm-hmm. um, and I I worry about the transition and mm-hmm. you know everything that's going on in D.C. but I, I was I was at, in office at a very at the golden years, at the at a good time. And as I said, God put me in the right place at the right time for me to, uh, Bill Clinton appointed me auditor. That Then I went ran for state treasurer and stayed there for 20 years, 22, yeah, 22. And I never had an opponent as I, as treasure because I went to all the parades and all the um, catfish fries and barbecues that they were having around the state mm-hmm. uh, and not and not, not just wait till the, the you know when the campaign started go around and talk to people and it, it was a whole, whole different kind of, kind of campaigning back then like I say we did not have the the uh, Social media, and I let uh, I don't want y'all to think you you think or your audience to think that I love the dear old days because trust me, I love my iPhone and I love my iPad and I love being able to Google uh, anything I want to find out, and I'm one of those that uses um, my. Bible app on my iPhone quite mm-hmm. a bit, mm-hmm. and when when folks started doing that first, I thought, "How dare them? They don't have that that information." And it, I find that it's uh, easier for me to look up something quickly if I'm if I'm t- listening to someone speak at a an event in Little Rock, and they quote somebody, 
or they make a reference to a passage in the Bible. All I got to do is, you know, look it up. Yeah. And I've got it right there. And yeah. it's, it's fabulous. I, I love being alive in these times. Yeah, but these were a lot of fun. They really were. And uh, when Bill Clinton announced for, for president, is a wonderful time in uh, Arkansas and election night in downtown. I, I thought of all of us when I was looking at the elections, uh, every 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 election, but this one's particularly. Uh, it looked like all of us in downtown Little Rock. We were celebrating our native son that was elected president of the United States, just like. They were in Pennsylvania and, and uh, different places, and so just I, everybody thinks they're born at the right time. Uh, I think I was born in the right time, but I, I should have been. Uh, well, I the Lord put me there at the right time. And I, I, one thing I've got to tell you, I forgot to tell you, I, I saw Bill Clinton right after he moved in the White House, and he was attending a treasure, state treasurer's meeting, and we were right next door, and he uh, came over to me, and he was so excited. He was like a child. He said, you want to see my new office? <laughs> so that's the old office. I had never seen anyone. That exciting! You know, used to you're expecting the president of the United States, mm-hmm. you know, to have a certain decorum, and uh, but he was so excited, and, and I was, of course, a friend of his. He said, you want to come to my new office? And of course, we did. And I, I, those were happy memories. I actually had a chance to uh, hold a piece of Margaret Washington China, wow. you know, and wow. you know, it's just. That was cool and got put behind glass, but what a great again, experience! Uh, yes, and everything didn't have to be fenced off and blocked off at the time. People had more uh, access to mm-hmm. getting close. What am I doing? So, I'm curious. You know what? A lot of people may not know about you is that. You know, you've had a lot of wonderful experiences, but you've also suffered some difficult losses, right? Not just in the political race, um, but I was reading um, a little bit about you, and I noticed that you had lost a child before he was one. I'm just curious, what do you think these losses have taught you about life? And maybe what advice do you have for those who are experiencing loss of their own? Well, my son was born with a congenital heart defect. And uh, I was fortunate to have him a year. I knew that the chances of him making it was was uh, slim. Um, you have to have a strong faith, mm-hmm. a strong faith, and a good uh, church family mm-hmm. being there, helping support you, and your your friends. Mm-hmm. Just your friends, the people that that you've known, the ones you went to school with, the ones you 
Well, ones you go to church with, ones you sit in your Sunday school class. But it something like that, as you know, really just kind of knocks the wind that wind out of you, and it takes you a while to get over it. And you you never get over it. You like you learn to deal with it. Sure. But uh, you've got to have a strong faith, and you need a strong faith anyway. That's where the moral compass comes in that we were talking about a while ago. I don't want people to think that I'm preaching, but that's the best thing I know. They may say, well, you don't have to go to church you know, to be an honest person. That's true. But I was so fortunate to have a wonderful mother and a wonderful father that raised me to be, be Jimmy Lou. Do not, you know, be yourself. And uh, and a strong family uh, unit, too, to be strong in a loss like that. Of course, losing is, is, uh, the losing the governor's race was nothing compared to the loss of a, a family member. And we're all going to, we're all going to, uh, experience that from time to time. We're going to lose our father, our mother, our children. Most of them, uh, most of the time, you go before your children do. But many people have had to suffer the loss of children. Mm -hmm. And, um, well, it's just, you just have to have a, a strong faith and a good, just a good, um, I liken it like a, uh, I mean, it's just a, it's a network of people uh, around you. And it's not people that you chose, but people that chose you to be your friend and chose to support you. And uh, the ones that will be there for you, if you call, call at 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, you've had a flat outside of Brooklyn, you need to Somebody to bring you home to Paragool. That's the kind of friends you need uh, and at a time of loss like that. Um, as you can tell, I'm kind of taken aback by that. It, it's hard to explain. Yeah, It's hard to explain. And those things are hard to explain to children if, you, if they've not been to church. Right. Can you imagine explaining that to one that's never, you know, never heard of God? Right. Jesus Christ, they haven't heard of that. How do you yeah. explain that to them? Yeah. You know, anyway. we, yeah, we've had Blake and Haley Deck on our podcast and, you know, they were in a, an accident where they lost their two-year-old daughter and, and, uh, and lost her son, uh, all the same accident. And, and, and she said a lot of what you just mentioned as far as faith, um, how important that was to them just to believe that there's an alternative story that, hey, this isn't just the yeah. end, you know, that there really yeah, is. Yeah, it's a, not the end. Yeah, absolutely. There's a God and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to see him again one day. Yeah, yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, and she talked about community mm -hmm. and friends and, and all of those things that you just mentioned. And so, yeah, I, I think what you said is is very helpful and it's very much needed for all of us to hear. Um, 
before we get to those losses. You know, it's good to have that solid foundation and to have friendships and community around you. Well, I'm interested in knowing, and we'll, I know we're running, um, we're running, um, close to kind of needing to, to shut down. And I want to be mindful of your, your schedule and your time. And I, I would just be interested in knowing from you, Jimmy Lou, I know you've had just such a impressive career and we just barely got a chance to scratch the surface and hopefully we can have you on again sometime. But as you reflect on your life, what are you most proud of? Oh, me. There's so many things. But I'm most, and this may seem simple, but I'm most proud of my achievements because it made my mother and father very proud, particularly my daddy. You can't imagine uh, when I'm being sworn into office. That was a big thing. And I had my father's Bible. I always used it. And uh, to see his his chest, his, his buttons were busting because he was so proud that first, particularly that first time that I was sworn into office. Uh, nothing could change that. And I've had, as you mentioned, I've, I've had a lot of other things that have come my way. That, uh, I've had a lot of help from my friends. What's the Beatles song? Need a little help from my friends. Um, but it's 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 been a quite a quite a road. But most of all, I'm proud of uh, my maiden name was Cooper, and I'm proud that I'm Cooper, and I'm proud that I've made uh, my that my parents were proud uh, of me and the and the career I chose. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, every little girl, right, wants the acceptance of her father and to know that she made dad proud. And um, yeah, I just can't imagine what that must have been like for you to be able to share that with your yeah. father and know that you can uh, kind of give that to him. One of these days, I hope we're going to get a chance to talk again because I've got lots of interesting stories to tell about my time in the Capitol. Yeah, well, I would love to have you on again. And if you would be willing to do it, I guess Chateau on the Ridge is is on lockdown. Probably what until there's a vaccine. You 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 beat me. I don't. Know. <laughs> I figured you so knew the did. inside scoop. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. Uh, you ever see my grandma out there? You know who my do you even know who my grandma is? Yes, I do. Okay. Betty, yeah, Betty Preston, I sure do. Okay. Well, she and I have Sunday school together. All right. And when she's and when we're able to do. A lot of our activities have been shut, uh, cut out because of the COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before the, before that, we had uh, a beanbag baseball. Oh yeah, and we would yeah we had competition. We have games against the the senior bees, and uh, your mother, your grandmother, and I were on the chateau. We call ourselves the Ridge Runners. <laughs> I bet you like a good competition. I have a feeling that you don't you don't just let anybody beat you. I try not to. I'm, listen, you think I'm competitive? You don't see some of these ladies out of here. Are you serious? But, oh, I'm no one's I'm I'm I am serious. 
Well, I know, I know Betty Preston likes to win, so. He likes to win, and so do several others out here. And and we uh, also play another another group in, in Jonesboro, and they do not like to lose. We have a, a, a trophy that's passed around between a uh, Jonesboro group and I. I, not I. Yeah. Chateau. And uh, they don't like to leave it. Well, I don't like for y'all to I don't like for y'all to lose it. I want to think that trophy's right here in Paragould. That's right. The um All right. well, poked your ear off. No, it was very good. Thank you so much for your time and, and next time uh we'll have you on. We'll talk about all of your background with your mom being a professional basketball player and all this other stuff I didn't even get a chance to get into. <laughs> well, Next time I'll let you talk to my sister, Tylee, said if you want to talk about basketball. <laughs> we'll bring her on, too. So maybe we'll okay. be able to do it in person next time. Thanks so much again, Jimmy Lou. It was really an honor to have you on. All right. So that was Jimmy Lou Fisher. Man, she's um, – I don't think I even know what, what I expected with Jimmy Lou because I'd never spoken with her before. But she's such a likable, such a relatable – woman um and how crazy to think that we have someone like her living in our city who moves into the chateau on the ridge and she gets a phone call from bill Bill clinton Clinton. so do you have anybody famous in your phone i don't anybody call you like that you oh that's it that's sad it really is well Jimmy Lou, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. Thank you for serving our city and our state and beyond like you have. And to all of you who are still listening, thank you for tuning in. As always, you can catch us online at paragoldpodcast.com. We are also on all the different social media platforms. And if you have not subscribed to our email list, please go ahead and do that. ASAP. Even though we've already given away a great gift card to Skinny J's. There's still more good stuff coming. There's still more good stuff coming. All right. Well, until next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.